Live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome in to What's Brewing with Chancellor Brewington. Um, apologies for anyone who's out there watching the streams. We'll get that up for you as soon as we possibly can. Uh, so right now, it's just the FM Airways, but we'll get that back up for the live stream as soon as the computer uh, hits its scheduled restart, which is something we'll have to look at in the future. But nonetheless, we've got Chancellor Brewington in here. Plenty of things to talk about. The coaching carousel has been absolutely insane. Let's just go ahead and start with it. Nick Saban, no longer going to be coaching for the Crimson Tide, an incredible resume, an incredible run. Just what are your initial thoughts? I mean, you, uh, much like me and most people our age, have had the opportunity to watch Nick Saban from Toledo um, on to, obviously, it wasn't our time, but he goes Toledo to Michigan State to the Crimson Tide and has just been dominant. What, what are your initial thoughts on seeing? Sorry, one more time. I had the wrong mic for you. Uh, Miami. Yeah, I yeah. forgot. Don't forget yeah. about Miami. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, one of my O-line coaches that I played with, that I played for um, before I came to uh, Nebraska, he was actually on a Saban staff. He was the O-line coach with the Dolphins at that time, so uh, he told me a lot of Saban stories. And then I got the uh, opportunity to play for a coach that was on the uh, Bama staff, I think, um, mid-2000s. Um, so... I've heard a lot of great things about uh, Coach Saban. I've 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 obviously listened to uh, plenty of talks on leadership, uh, plenty of talks on uh, just how he handles um, uh, his players and what he demands out of his players, um, and and how to have a, a winner's mindset. I think uh, that goes a long way. Not not even in football, but just in life. So um, obviously a, a, a fantastic uh, coaching career. I think. Um, I don't think it's an arguable uh, greatest coach of all time um, in college football. Yes, I think mm-hmm. that's that's pretty um, that's pretty standard. I think um, yeah. across the board, his his record overall just for two hundred ninety seven seventy one and one as a college football head coach, and obviously when he was at Alabama, hardly losing at all. <laughs> it's just yeah. just an incredible run from Nick Saban. Were you surprised by this? Because there's a little bit of murmurs back and forth for at some point in time, uh, but I just wasn't expecting it to this level. So just right. it, were you surprised at all by the news? Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't very surprised because I think you could kind of tell in the tone and the way he addressed the media that um, something was coming. Um, but uh, I think he alluded to that. Uh, I think it was last year or earlier this year. Yep. Um, but, I mean, Regardless, I think the even if you had him for a year, say you're a freshman or you transferred in, you only got him for this past season. I think those are uh, uh, lessons that those guys will uh, probably take on um, wherever they go. Yeah, and you just think about it. I mean, I think he's had over or just under 50 first rounders alone, <laughs> which is just insane to yeah. think that you sent, you know, I think it was 44 to be the exact number, maybe even 45. Guys, to go ahead and grab a few million bucks because you're that good. You know how to develop them. You look at the quarterbacks. At times, they've had Hurts, Mac Jones, two future NFL quarterbacks on the same roster. Tua. Tua, yeah. yeah. Can't forget about Tua. Yeah. Who's, who's been struggling a little bit for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about that as well. Um, but in other news, Nick Saban's leaving. Pete Carroll as well. Yeah. My goodness. Were you surprised with the Seattle Seahawks deciding to move on from Pete Carroll? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure how well they did this year. They're nine pretty... and eight, still above five hundred. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's he he's the he's the uh, I would say the probably one of the I'm not sure with the Seattle Seahawk history, um, but I'm pretty sure he's been there for really one I'd or probably... two uh, top of all time. Yes. Yeah, he's got a Super Bowl with the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, is that their only one? Yes. Okay, so so he's the one who put them um, in that conversation, and mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely could have could have went back to back those years, but uh, they would just okay. Up. Yeah, su- uh, never mind. Excuse me. Um, the Seahawks went back to back in Super Bowls, actually winning a couple of them. So how many did they actually play in here? So yeah, but like you're saying, it was Pete Carroll to be that guy to kind of make yeah. that momentum. I'll try to yeah. figure out. Uh, yeah. Which which one of these Super Bowls you went back to back? On. Yeah, but I just think um, being a player and knowing what a player's coach looks like, a guy you want to play for, a guy that uh, has the respect of the locker room, the guy who uh, brings energy to meetings, um, brings energy to practice. Um, he's he's I don't know how old he is, but he's seventy two. Seventy two before every practice, he's he's running gassers. He's 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 the energy. Uh, uh, bug for the team and he's 70 60 plus years old you know what i'm saying so uh that's he sets a standard and um i remember uh steve kerr was actually talking um about when you know before he took the warriors job that he was talking to uh pete carroll about um how to how to coach and and how to get the best out of his players and um it was it was just an awesome conversation here and you know pete carroll plays you know as a coaching for football but the principles that he coaches by also are that's it doesn't matter what sport um mm-hmm. uh when you talk about coaching so uh just knowing that that he's he's that guy man he's he's the he's the guy who started in Seattle and if they they ever get back to where they were Legion of Boom defense you know um with a strong running game I I think you credit Pete Carroll for um for eventually getting him there yeah and he'll still be part of the franchise as more of an advisor role so he's not pulling the plug but I still thought you mentioned it. He's 72, but I mean, he acts like he's 50, 40, yeah. uh, maybe even younger than that. I mean, he's running gassers at 72 years old. Like yeah. the guy's all there. It's nothing to me with an age thing. I think they're just ready to move on. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was back to back Super Bowls. He didn't, they didn't win them back to back, but they made it to back to back Super Bowls. Um, obviously, the one they won in dominant fashion might have been one of the worst Super Bowls to watch, whereas they beat the Denver Broncos 43 to 8 for everyone who remembers that game. It was pretty much over by the first half. Let's go to another head coach here. Vrabel gone. Oh goodness. That's another one to me that seemed pretty egregious. I, I, <sighs> I thought he's a guy that did everything he possibly could with the roster. Right. Put the Titans back on the map. I just, I mean, he had that year where Lamar Jackson wins the MVP. Titans upset him first yeah, round. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I've seen um some former players from the Titans come out and tweet about it and saying what's going on in Tennessee. But, um, you know. Football is a, a crazy game, and it's a cruel game. Um, it's a cruel game, and uh, there's not always a a real um, understanding of why things are done the way they are. Um, obviously, a lot of things are because of money um, and, and things like that. So uh, I've just heard nothing but positive things, and that's a really player's coach. He's a He played, you know, damn near 15, 16 years in the league mm-hmm. and played for Bill Belichick, played for um, – these great defensive forces and um, was a leader on those teams and then uh, going into coaching. So uh, obviously nothing but respect to him and, and what he's established. And, you know, another organization would be uh, happy to, 
to take a coach like that. You mentioned the Legion of Boom. Vrabel oh. to the Seattle Seahawks. I kind of like that. Wow. That, I mean, I didn't think about that. I mean, you you bring in, you you have some pieces. You have Witherspoon. You have Diggs. Uh, I mean, Bobby had 180 tackles this mm-hmm. year. I don't know when it's going to stop. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to stop. Um, but I think you you continue to to build pieces around a guy. I think you get a, maybe a couple more pass rushers. I mm-hmm. think you get a young backer um, that can learn under Bobby, um, kind of like a Jack Campbell was for Iowa. Uh, you know, a, a piece like that, maybe draft a guy, bring him in. Um, but but start to bring those pieces together because mm-hmm. uh, guess what you have the one of the loudest fan bases in football. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, well, I'm forgetting the, the name of the stadium or the uh, the uh, what is it called? Loom. It's like something Loom Field. Mm. It's a, it, it's 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 something. But they have I mean they they have like mini earthquakes every every third or fourth down. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So um, I think just. Just getting some pieces around there. I think uh, Gino's, you know, playing playing good ball. I mean, what are you gonna do with? Is it is it time to move on from Tyler Lockett? I don't, I don't know, but I mean, he's having a productive year. I think you get a uh, a good back with uh with what's his face um the 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 young bull from uh Michigan State uh, uh Walker Walker Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, Walker. The third, he, yep. he, yeah he's running very very well and then you got the tandem with the guy from UCLA mm-hmm. um the light-skinned brother um from UCLA but they're running very very hard still got Metcalf out there still got Metcalf still got uh Jackson um Jackson Smith um mm-hmm. from Ohio State he obviously broke a wrist and um didn't get to play as much but I mean he started he had like I think he had two uh I'm pretty sure he had two game-winning touchdown mm-hmm. um, receptions. So, I mean, if you see the potential of the offense, I think uh, I think it's close. Yep, a couple from the text line here again. 402-464-5685. You got former Husker tight end Chancellor Brewington to my left here, host of the show as always. Thunder Knock Collins, as we're talking about Nick Saman, don't forget LSU. He has had a stop there as well yep, and yep. was great there as well. Yeah. And then Chris Raff helping us out here who just had the wide world of Raff. Um, Lumen Field. We're close. Lumen. 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 Okay. Yep. And uh, he's also just the one. He being a Broncos fan says Russ threw interceptions the next year. Talking about that (laughs) Denver Broncos game. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, But nonetheless, it is just one of those things where 2024 has been off to a hot start in terms of the coaching carousel. Pete Carroll, gone. Vrabel, gone. Nick Saban, gone. Bill Belichick? Yeah. Is he staying? I don't know. I think uh, obviously this year has been rough. Um, Things haven't panned out the way I'm sure they they thought it would, or maybe this is what they thought would happen. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what their um, what their mindset is. I know probably in the front desk they're probably thinking, okay, I need a piece here. I need a piece here. Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly on offense. The defense was good. For yeah. the Patriots. I didn't see a whole lot of problems defensively, but yeah. like you're saying, I think offensively, yeah, it's where they had to be looking. Bill Belichick, though, I he might be the guy that surprises us, and despite all the noise of him possibly leaving. Watch him be the guy end up staying. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a football guy. Mm-hmm. Um, based on, I mean, everything I've seen from a very, very, very far, um, I think he's a football guy, and I think he loves football. So, uh, why not? Why not stick with football, right? Why not stick with football? Yeah, and he's pretty damn good at it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, with the Tom Brady saga, I, I still think that wasn't Tom Brady helped, but I think Bill Belichick's still a really good coach, and I'd be nervous if I'm the Patriots to force him out if I don't need to you know we, we talked about it a little bit before when we're, we're looking at teams like Nick Saban in Alabama 
Nebraska was in that position at one point in time with Tom Osborne right. leaving. Right. It can go south really quick. You know, maybe it wasn't Frank Solage. Maybe you can argue it's different coaches, but at some point the fires, the rehire, the higher fire, higher fire, going back and forth like that. When your margin of error is that thin, when you when you are taking the shoes of a great, you see that in Ryan Day, they're not cool with losing to Michigan. Yeah. Still a good program, but the I mean, people are calling for his job, oh. and he's still you know arguably pushing for the college football playoffs every year. Where do you see Alabama in the next four years? Do you think that you know Nick Saban? I'm sure he'll have some input on who the next guy is going to be. Do you have faith that Alabama handles this turnover well that they can keep on kind of that same dominance that they've been on? Uh, man, bless the soul who has to take that job. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Um, I don't, I don't know how you follow that up. Um, I don't think you try to. I think, especially with Georgia getting better every yeah. year too. That's yeah. not fun. But if you're the Bama next coach, I don't think you try to, to hey, I need to be like Saban. Um, I think there's a standard. I think you have to follow the standard. Yes. I think you follow the standard, and that will guide you to the wins. Um, and that will guide you to the program success. Um, but it's gonna be interesting because Bama's always been the 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 not flashy just we're we're who we are um we have bigger faster stronger but we still are very disciplined in what we do Mm -hmm. um as other teams are bigger faster stronger but they uh they waver on the um they bend on the on the principles of of alignment assignment keys and all that stuff but it savings programs usually have been very disciplined in that so it's going to be interesting to see uh if you get a do you get a rah-rah guy you know, like, or do you, do you get a, uh, do you get a very calm collect, you know, like Mike Riley, kind yeah. of chill vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you, what are you going to do? Are you going to get a younger coach? You're going to get an older experienced guy that came from a winning program or are you going to take a young guy on the Bama staff or a coach that had been at Bama, maybe an OC mm-hmm. or maybe an NFL guy. You never know. What is was Vrabel come in and, and, and coach Bama. He's <laughs> good. <laughs> hey. What do you think about Lane Kiffin taking the Bama spot? I don't think Coming that, from the coaching tree of Nick Saban, we're talking about on the right. wide roll to Raf. That one seems pretty good. Dabo Sweeney's another name that's kind of getting thrown out there. Yeah, but the but the Kiffin, I don't think that fits Bama though. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because Kiffin's a lot more kind of he's more of the rah rah that you're yeah. talking about, especially on social media. He's yeah. really picked yeah, that up. As yeah, yeah, he's very very vocal on there, and I don't think Bama's that's not Bama. I don't think no. Or is that Nick Saban? You know, so like you, it's, it's hard to, hard to differentiate whether it's Bama or Nick Saban. You mm-hmm. know, so um, I mean, either way, uh, I'm sure Saban will, I mean, uh, have a have some type of say in in, in what goes on there. Yeah, it's interesting too because you're already seeing a lot of their key commits, um, or not commits, some of their key guys already looking to hit the portal. A few mm-hmm. of them already have that. It's interesting. Do you think? I mean, they're gonna have to name a coach within probably at least bare minimum a couple weeks because yeah. you're going to have all these guys hit the portal. They don't know who their head coach is going to yeah, be. Yeah, and everyone's coming back. To, I mean, I'm sure Bama starts school probably in the next week or so. Yeah, I'm sure they're right on pace with what UNL is because UNL, I think, starts in a couple, maybe even less than a couple weeks from now. Yeah, I think 20-some. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you the the decision has to be made. I'm sure I'm sure this was a talk midway through year. I'm sure this wasn't. So. Yeah. I'm sure this wasn't sprung on Bama like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm sure they've always already been looking. They probably already have the guy. At least in talks with him, for yeah, sure. Yeah, they probably already have the guys. Probably narrowed down between one or two people, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was one of the things where, like you're saying, Nick Saban, 
maybe he didn't think it at the beginning of the year and wanted to see how it went and maybe midway through, but I'm sure the AD um, and Saban were aware. It's just the players. You don't want to distract the players with that news midseason. Yeah, that's – I mean, I've been through that with the with uh, the Frost to Mickey thing, yeah. and, and that's, that's beyond tough, man. It's beyond tough because, you know, when that piece changes, then – um, you know, there's a new coach and then he's going to do things a different way. And it's just a whole whirlwind of of different philosophies and different principles, all trying to get the th- same thing done. But it's just it's just kind of tough sometimes. How did you guys stay together when Mickey Joseph became the head coach? Because you guys played what most people thought, you know, some of the best football of that season when he took over. You guys really gelled together, yeah. rattled off a couple of Big Ten wins in a row, something which you just we just hadn't seen in at Nebraska for a while. So right. what was the key to you guys for? just gelling together and playing good football down the stretch? Um, I would say it was the leaders mixed in with the support staff. Strength staff was great. Coach Duvall did a fantastic job of keeping us together. Um, he gave us a analogy that I'll, I'll continue to uh, to say. He, he, he described it as, um, and this is no uh, disrespect to any veterans, but this is the example he had given us, was uh, when, when bullets are flying on the battlefield, um, and and your your commanding officer goes down, um, and and second in command goes up, um, and now he's giving the directions, he's giving the commands. Um, do you say, well, well, I only served whatever? No, you serve the purpose, you serve the end, you serve the purpose. So it's not so much about uh, uh, who's in command; it's about uh, what we said we were going to do from the beginning. And obviously, um, we we were short of uh, many of times, but. Just the fact that we were able to go out to practice and have juice the way we did, mm-hmm. and to love the love the grind and to embrace the new, embrace the challenge. I think that's what it was. Um, and and obviously there were life lessons in that where uh, the day by day actually meant something. You know, like the day by day really meant something to say. Oh, you know, day by day we get better and better. Well, there was a time and point where we really had to be day by day with everything we did um, because we didn't know all of a sudden. Okay, our DC gets fired. Okay, uh, we got a position change here. Okay, now we're now we're we're lifting here. We're practicing here. We're we're full pads every day. We're tackling. We're nine on seven. We're doing this. So it was just a change up, a curveball um, throughout the whole year. But uh, shout out to the guys. Shout out to. G. Nelly, uh, Travis Volkolek, uh, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting it. Casey Thompson. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, Casey still got a year of eligibility, right? Yeah, yeah. Is he because he transferred out of FAU? Did he land anywhere yet? I'm not sure. I've 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 spoken briefly to him, but I haven't. I don't think he uh, knows where he's going yet. But another wide receiver that damn it they 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 took a beating to be a Cornhusker. So shout yeah. out to Casey Thompson, Adrian yeah. Martinez. I think yeah. both of those guys played through some pretty significant injuries, but. Yeah, man, that's powerful. Yeah. Do it for the purpose. Yeah, do yeah. it for the purpose, man. It's, things change. This is that's life, though. Yeah, I think that's that's what we were talking about the other day. I think, or maybe I was talking to someone else, but um, that's what football and life has these these very similar things, and and I feel like football is is uh, obviously on on a way bigger stage, um, and the moments uh, have a little bit more impact when you mess up, but it's the same principles in life that uh, do your job, execute. Um, uh, come into work every day with a good mindset, with a positive attitude. You bring that to life, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, wait, this is this is <laughs> the same thing." Like, and, and but that's what's awesome about the game of football, and um, that's why I think I that's why I know I love it, and that's why I think uh, a lot of people love it as well. 
Yeah, it's one of the most interesting sports, especially when you get to the NFL level. You, you can be having your 21-year-old quarterback to your 50-year-old kicker. Like yeah. It's just such yeah. a wide range. Football is one of those team sports that collectively, it's why I think it's such a fun sport to watch. Yeah. Like every, All 11 guys got to be in sync. Crazy plays can happen at any moment. And, you know, even we talked about that Washington-Michigan game. Even though Michigan looked dominant, there was still an avenue for Washington to somehow win that game. Yeah. And that's the beauty of football, and that's kind of the the grind you got to go through. But nonetheless, we do got to go ahead and throw it to our first break here. This is What's Brewing with Chance of Brewington, the host as always to my left. I'm Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. We got a couple of more segments up next, so don't go anywhere. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into What's Brewing with Chancellor Brewington. Um, just went through some news here. Obviously, went through the coaching carousel. Nick Saban on his way out from Alabama. Uh, fun fact, 0-2 throughout his entire college football career against the Cornhuskers. So that's one that Saban was never to get on. I'd have oh, to wow. double-check there. That That is off a Twitter post. So okay, let, me, okay. let me do some yeah, double-checking. Yeah. Don't take that completely yeah. <laughs> for granted. But um, definitely something intriguing to go ahead and look at. And if you guys want to join the show ever, 402-464-5685. That is the Sardar Heyman text line, as well as we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Allo Channel 961 as well. But Chance of Brunton, I got to ask, did you have the opportunity to watch Nebraska basketball take down number one Purdue last night? I mean, uh, we watched it a little bit. Yeah. I just threw the uh, score updates, um, but I actually were – I was training um, – when was this? The one the game was yesterday, right? Yeah, it was last night. We watched some of it in here. Um, if, you know, for my situation, yeah. most of the times that night I have to go back home rewatch the entire game right. highlights at least to right. make right. sure I get the full sense of it. But right. yeah, yeah. So uh, I I came into training uh, this morning and everyone was talking about it. Um, and then I got to see uh, some guys from the team that I follow. They posted some stuff. So. I mean, shout out to them. That's huge. I saw them people storm the court. I saw Coach Rule storm the court <laughs> yeah. with uh with AD Trav. So, uh, shout out to them. That's amazing. That's that's awesome. I think that that might rank as one of my favorite Husker moments of all time. Like, it's wow, a, it's up there. Wow. Think about what the programs have been. You know. So is that Purdue's number one in the nation? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's big time. Yeah, really big. That's time. big time. That's, I mean, that's like Nebraska football. Going out there and beating Georgia or Alabama oh, yeah. or Michigan. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, how many was the uh, Purdue record? They Purdue. are now 14 and two. They're two losses. Two losses. What's the other loss? Starts with an NU. Is there a school abbreviation? They're 0 and 2 against teams with NU abbreviations. Was it Northwestern? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Northwestern surprisingly got on one on them as well. But is Northwestern good this year? They're not bad. They're not great. I okay. think that's a little bit surprising. Mm. I'd have to double check. I think Northwestern just played really, really well shooting wise. Right. Um, and it was a road game for Purdue, but nonetheless, that was a comfortable win too. Sixteen. Yeah. Won by com- sixteen it's a points. Comfy win. Who uh, was the box score look like for uh, points? So for Nebraska, the leading scores were. It was kind of once again, it's Nebraska esque. It's been a collective effort. Multiple guys on the starting lineup adding production. Rink Mast had eighteen. The leading score was Casey Tamanaga, uh, the Japanese Steph Curry, as he's like people like to dub him with 19 points. Mm. Only only took 12 shots, 
five of nine from the three-point line. My goodness. Tough threes, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, we saw some of the highlights in here. The the release speed he has. Yeah, coming off screens, coming off, yeah, curls. It's, it's up yeah. there with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson on the trigger. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he's as good a shooter as those guys, but how fast he can get a shot off. Yeah, and it, how accurate it is. It's, it's pretty crazy. He had two threes where they went down and they're so pure. You know when you, you drain a shot so well yeah. that the net goes down and yeah. swishes back up and hangs over the rim? Yeah. It happened twice. Wow. Like, that's how you know it's a good shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has a good stroke. He has a really good stroke. Yeah, and then uh, some other key factors in there. Shout out to C.J. Wilcher. He didn't take a lot of shots, but he came in off the bench three for four from the three-point line, four for five overall. And just how about this? 60.1% from three on the night. As a team. As a team. Wow. They shot 14 for 23 on the three-point line compared to produce 13 for 33. Mm. And you got to give Nebraska's defense some credit. They they wanted to go through Zach Eady. Rink Mast went at him early. Mm-hmm. He took an early shot to stretch him out. And then a few times inside said, I know you're seven foot four, but I got a couple of these European moves. I'm going to pull out right, on you. Right. Right. I was really impressed by Rink Mast. Early on, he was the guy. And then Sam Hoiberg in the first half, he has a steal, leads to a layup, had a couple steals that turned into layups. Just all around, it's just an awesome game. I don't know. I don't think there's a single guy on the court. Even Jamarcus Lawrence, who finished the game 0-2 with zero points, he still had key moments where he wasn't forcing anything. He was just making sure he wasn't getting the assist numbers, but he was making the pass to the assist. Right, you right. Know, just constantly keeping the whole thing in flow. And Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to be serious here. I think that might have been one of the best moments I've had just as a Husker fan right. in a really long time. Man, that's a that's a big moment for, for the... Uh the the city man or or the state or or all fans across the um the world because I mean you and go, Japan yeah and they're going Japan, nuts. Yeah. yeah I mean it's awesome man I think I think that is a testament to the work they're putting in and obviously there's a standard that they're playing by um and this is what Coach Whipple this is what Coach Whipple always uh, said and and he said he said uh if you score more points than other team you win. <laughs> So uh, that sounds like something Whipple would say. Yeah, yeah. So, so all that defense is good, but you score more points than the team, you're gonna win. So, shout out to them for making that ball go in the basket. Yeah. Oh man, 88 points uh, against the number one team in the country, 61 percent from three, and that's the thing that excited me the most. Is Purdue didn't come in there looking like Purdue was having an off night. Mm. That still looked like a good number one team in the country, but Nebraska just played better. Yeah. And that that's the thing that gives me a lot of excitement. You didn't beat a Purdue team that was down through injuries. Or having a bad shooting night, they still shot 42% from the floor, 40% from the three, 73% from the free throw line. So again, Purdue wasn't playing horrible basketball by any means. Nebraska was just playing better. They outscored them in the first half and they outscored them in the second half to just completely dominate the game, 88-72. to They had time to just go ahead and let the air leak out of the ball to end the game. It was a comfortable win, and you talked about it. Matt Rule storming the court. Do you have any moments uh, when you were playing where you had the opportunity to storm the court field? Or even been in a situation where it happened to you in high school? Um, because I never got it. Never had a situation where we had a reasonable. Oh, I hit game. a I hit a buzzer beater in high school. Okay. Um, and against a, they were probably a top five team in the in the, not in the country in the state, and then everyone stormed the field. <laughs> I mean, stormed the court and was trying to grab. What's know. that feeling like? Um, it was cool, man. I mean, I was blessed that I hit a few in high school, so. <laughs> Uh, it's it's I mean it's pretty fun. Um, I think basketball is such an intimate sport to yeah. where 
you know, there's no helmet, there's no whatever. The fans can see what you look like. You can hear the fans cheering. You can hear the the trash talk the mm-hmm. from the from the bench from the whatever. You're right there in it. Um, so I I mean I love the game of basketball, man. I think uh, that obviously helped me a lot in athleticism. Um, just being able to move, being able to jump, being able to do things um, on that side of end. But uh, but man, man, shout out, shout out to Nebraska basketball. Shout out to Fred Hoiberg and his son Sam Hoiberg and the rest of the Nebraska basketball team. Um, it was kind of cool, right? Because his, his uh, former school he used to coach at Iowa State, they take down number two Houston the same oh, night. Wow! <laughs> so it was just it was a Hoiberg kind of day where mm-hmm. um, all of his connections. And then uh, I believe there's some family relevancy too to the last time the Huskers were able to beat a number one team. And I think it actually links back to, I want to say his grandfather. I'd have to double check me on that. Sorry, Heyman text line. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've been hearing it quite a bit throughout the day. Um, but in case I got any of those details messed up, go ahead and feel free to correct me. But just a really was a historic day for Nebraska basketball. You don't get a whole lot of opportunities to beat the number one team in the country. In fact, that was the only time they're going to play Purdue. And up next, they got Iowa on Friday. So how's, how's Iowa this year? Okay, offense does not play a lick of defense. So uh, it doesn't seem like Iowa, man. What the, what's going on over there? They're in a little bit of a down rut. You remember Luke Garza yep. for Iowa? Yep. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if people are paying attention. Luke Garza, after he went to the NBA, people were unsure of his ability, and he went down to the G League and is just dominating. He had a stretch where he was averaging like thirty points a game. I love it. Yeah. So Luke it. Garza, he's actually starting to get things done at the pro level. It seems like, but. Yeah, Iowa, it should be a win. And you look at that Minnesota loss we had earlier. Minnesota's actually playing really well. Mm. You know, they haven't played elite opponents, but they're not losing to anybody. Right. So I think, you know, that's another team where it looked like a really bad loss early on, but now you're not sweating about it as much, especially if you can throw this quad one win against the number one team in the country and you beat Michigan State early. I think they're going to keep winning games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin hurts, but you'll have a chance for them back at home. Iowa, you will not have another chance. So you got to beat them Friday. Purdue, that was it. We got we got the series over Purdue for the year. We don't have to face them again. So, I mean, it is just a great moment to be a Husker. What were some of those moments for you, whether it was playing or even just watching some of the other programs while you were a Husker or even, you know, past graduation? What were some of those moments for you as a Husker fan? Um, I think ranking number one would probably be the Iowa win. Yeah. Um, That's then, another one of my all-time moments. That felt good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was cool, man. Uh understanding what that what that meant to people kind of not even during the win it was more so after like oh you guys got the win like and I'm like what I don't you know like whatever but I think the 21 year where we're you know we're having a good game against them then we lose um people were informing me of of what the history actually was how how the trophy and and how that really came about um, they seem to chirp a lot at you guys when they play I'll yeah. say this much as yeah. Iowa chirp a lot I feel like I always see them mouthing off it could be you know both sides which right. makes the rivalries fun but right. does Iowa talk a lot um, I know their kickers do their special teams seem to be the loudest members on the team yeah I'm not sure I, they're 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 trying to do these kicks pregame and 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 they're not moving I'm like man you know we get the 50 yeah why are you kicking on the 40 so we get 50 yards 50 yards why are you kicking on the 45 it don't make no sense but I mean uh yeah <laughs> so wait, they're they're kicking on the 40 and uh yeah you're guarding the 50 yard line yeah each side gets 50 yards exactly our it's kicker doesn't get to go down back there and, pretty much it's math yeah. i mean i don't i don't understand what the deal was but understanding the 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 what we're playing for 
and 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 understanding the hit, the rich history behind it, man, that that's what makes games. Yes. When you know the history, okay, like there's a little. If if there wasn't a, a already a, a notch to turn, maybe I can turn it up just a little bit more, and there's a little bit more fuel to the fire. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it with Wisconsin. That oh, yeah. game pisses us off yeah. for some reason. Yeah. All Husker fans yeah. like losing the Wisconsin. Even though it's not the quote-unquote rivalry that right. you might you might say that what Iowa is like, there's still those games. Minnesota's kind of getting in that range now with PJ Fleck, where you just really can't stand losing to him, and yeah. it's what makes the game fun, right? You saw it this year with Auburn and Alabama. Auburn on paper had no business being in that game, but it's a rivalry. Things just work out differently, and they were there pushing them at the very end there. Um, when it comes to some of the rivals that you've gotten to face, obviously Iowa being the big one. How how many days after were you kind of realizing how important that was for fans? Because you said it wasn't right away. It took a few days. Um, I don't. I mean, man, funny story. Um, so right before the game, mm-hmm. I'm 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 you know I don't I don't usually go on Twitter or whatever before the game, but I don't know why for some reason I didn't delete the app before the game. So I'm on Twitter. And I'm kind of just checking around the country. I got a lot of friends who play a lot of different places, so I'm just checking in on them. And all of a sudden, I get added in, like, three tweets. And I'm just like, hey, like, what, uh, whatever. So I check them out, and it's like, um, it's a quote tweet from years the year before when I hit this guy. Then he's like, uh, the one of the Iowa accounts is like, hey, if Chance Bruins in place today, which I don't know if he will, whatever. I don't know what that was, but... Uh, I don't know if he Trying will. To throw shade. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he will. Um, but I hope he uh I hope he uh comes like this again or this Iowa defense is going to handle him, whatever. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. there was just a lot of things don't get to me, but I'm just I was just turned up after that. Now oh, I'm just yeah. now 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 I'm I just want blood, man. I just I just want blood. <laughs> I just want blood. I, there's nothing else to talk about, man. But but even that, like you got rival fan bases going in, uh-huh. going in. You got people in the comments saying things, and now, now I'm kind of like, okay, I got to put my phone away because now I'm now it's a night game. It's not a, it's a, yeah, it was a night game and, and it was late evening, late game. evening. I think mm-hmm. five, uh, four. Five, I want to say it's like five thirty kickoff. Yeah, five thirty, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's nine a.m. and I'm already turned up. They already added me at, at seven thirty. And I'm 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 pissed off the whole day, I, and then Trey Trey <laughs> Trey had that tweet and say I, I woke up pissed off this morning. So and he did, yeah. Oh man, shout out to Trey Palmer for, yeah. for the season he had. And uh, I'll tell you this much: I how soon did you know that Trey Palmer was an NFL talent? Um, it was for me. It was the Purdue game. I was like, okay, this guy's insane. Well, I mean, you you saw. I mean, we got to see what he did in spring, and we got to see the. The explosiveness and, and speed, and, I'm sure, stuck out right away. Yeah, I mean, we we ran routes when he first got here, the first week he got here, and uh, he tried to come off as a quiet guy. I'm like, dog. <laughs> Looking back on it, I'm like, bro, why are you? Whatever. But I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes. But uh, uh, you know, he's a he's a great talent. Um, and and we we used to talk before games, and I used to try to pick his brain because that's just what I like to do. I just like mm-hmm. to get to know my teammates and. And um, one thing he would always say is just like, man, it's just football. I've been playing this my whole life. Um, there's no, there's no pressure. There's no nothing. It's just a game. He said, he's, you know, he got Louisiana accent. <laughs> hey, bro, it's just a game. It's just, you know, it's just a game, man. But and it's and it's awesome to see what he's doing now and and the career he's gonna have, man. Is is a testament, man, to his love for the game and and the way he approaches it. And is and uh and uh, 
man, it's it's something it's it's a piece you can take from man. I can take from him. I can take from uh, the way someone else approaches the game. I can I can pull from uh, everyone's approach and, and and make it into my own. But uh, shout out to Trey Palmer, man. He's a fantastic talent. Yep, and we, we got to go to our next break here. But yeah, shout out to Trey Palmer, and you know he's in the playoffs. He's in yeah. the NFL playoffs. Yeah. He's facing the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm I like my odds with Baker Mania. And the Buccaneers, the Eagles haven't been solid. It looks like teams have got a little bit on the page and how to slow them down. So, you know, shout out to Trey Palmer. Wish him success in his first NFL playoff game. Just just an incredible time he had here as a Husker. And it didn't take but a couple games in the NFL for it to just ride on path. I mean, he was catching touchdowns immediately. So best of luck to him as they got the NFL this weekend in the playoffs. But quick note from the starter Hammond text line, unknown texture. Appreciate the help. Um, he said last night, uh, the Hoiberg's grandfather's team beat the number one team sometime in the 50s. So that wow. is the correlation. Wow. So his grandfather um, also, and that that's kind of part of the correlation, I believe, is why he really wanted to come back to Lincoln. Mm. You know, he's got that kind of, what do I want to call it, family tradition back here. And, you know, it, it's crazy. You would think sometime back in the 50s, um, the next guy to do it again is another Hoiberg back mm. in Lincoln. So, again, shout out to the Nebraska basketball team taking down the number one team in the country. And, of course, we got some, Huskers going to the NFL playoffs for the first time. So, well, maybe I'll look up a few of those, make sure I don't miss any of them. But we got to throw to our first, or excuse me, second break here on What's Brewing with Chancellor Brewington. I'm Harrison Arns on the ones and twos, the host to the left, Chancellor Brewington. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Back to the ticket weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, final segment here on What's Brewing with Chancellor Brewington, the host as always to my left. Uh, to wrap this segment up here, we we're talking about Trey Palmer having his first NFL career game, the former Husker wide receiver, uh, obviously having a great run. But let's go through some of these games here. We got six wild card games in the NFL for the playoffs. You got two Saturday, three Sunday, one Monday. I'm going to go through these games, and I want you to tell me which one reeks of upset. So we got the Browns versus the Texans. Uh, that one are, is... It's going to be a good game. Yeah, I don't know if I really could even call that one an upset. That seems pretty evenly matched. Yeah. You got the one of the older QBs and Joe Flacco versus one of the best young QBs and CJ yeah. Stroud. What a story with the Joe Flacco, though. Uh, it's been fun to watch. Who would have thought that spending all that money on Deshaun Watson would go to waste? And Well, I shouldn't say if he plays well next season. I guess it's not for waste, but Joe Flacco was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he's such a fun player to watch. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get an interception or just a ball on a beautiful spiral, but it, it's entertainment to say the least. Nah, for sure, for sure. Who, do you, who do you like in that one? Um, I mean, CJ Stroud is playing great, too. Yeah. <sighs> Um, they're they're pulling some things together and they're playing for their their young head coach um, Demico Ryan. Demico Ryan, yeah, great. yeah. So I I think that's a toss up. I I might go Texans. I like the storyline there. Um, I, I'll go Texans there. Okay, I, I'm I wouldn't be surprised to see if the Texans um win it, but I'm just gonna go ahead and lean on the Browns defense. The Browns defense has really been dominant about all season long. Where are they playing? It's in Texas. It's at Texans. So okay, they'll be I like Texas. On, yeah. I like Texas. So they'll have the home field advantage. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting, right? It'll be a good opportunity. I mean, for a rookie quarterback to not only make it to the playoffs in his first year as the starter, but win his first NFL playoff game as well. Definitely some storylines into that one. Moving on here, Dolphins, Chiefs. That is the second Saturday game. Dolphins on a bit of a downward spiral. Chiefs keeping their head above water, haven't looked overly impressive. Kelsey's numbers have definitely dipped, but I'm sure it won't be too long before that gets back to normal. This is a hard this is the hardest one for me. Yeah, because Chiefs aren't playing that good of offense right now. So mm -mm. and and two I don't I don't 
Tua would, has been struggling throwing the deep ball. And that's probably a protection thing. I haven't seen the games, but that's usually a timing and protection thing. Um, so I'm. I would just say I would rely on Mahomes to kick it in. Yep. Um, to kick it in gear and and whenever he has the ball in his hands, uh, good things happen. So. I think it's – I'm going to go with the Mahomes effect. Yeah. It's kind of the same way I, when I think about the Lakers or any team that has LeBron James. Like, even if I'm not overly impressed by the roster around it, right. I'm like, you have LeBron. Yeah. You have you Patrick Mahomes. You got the X-Factor. You got yep. the X-Factor. Yeah. And that X-Factor is 100% Patrick Mahomes. Right. So, even though it has been the best season for him, I think that's more indicative on just being kind of strapped with the least talent he's had in a long time right. in terms of the offense. But the defense has still been good. And Miami's just been struggling so bad down the stretch. I, I'm going to be really curious to see – if they can bounce back, but that's a hard team to bounce back against. I'm going with the Chiefs as well. I don't think that one really speaks of an upset either. I'd imagine most people are leaning on the Chiefs. Moving on, we got four more games. We'll kind of rapid fire these. Steelers, Bills, who do you got? Bills. Yep, me too. They figured out the run game. Steelers, um, they're not going to have TJ Watt. The, the defense has been good, but offensively, same story all year long. The Bills are able to fix their offense. The Steelers have not, so I'm rolling with the Bills on that one. Packers, Cowboys. Cowboys. Yep, I like the Cowboys in that one. Lions, Rams. Lions. Yeah, see, this one scares me a little bit. Raph almost convinced me. You, you look at the, the Rams, even though it hasn't been a great season, they have all the guys they need to put together a great game. They still got Puka Nakua. They got Eckler. Um, obviously, you still got Stafford. And uh, who am I forgetting out there? I'm leaving out a key Cup. wide receiver. Cup. Thank you. Cup, who, even though this season he hasn't been as dominant as been in the past, he still has all of that ability within him. So oh, I think there could be a possible upset with the Rams in that one. But to wrap it up here, we talked about it a little bit already. Trey Palmer's first NFL game. You get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Baker Mania versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Why do you like the Eagles in that one? I think they're going to bounce back. I think uh, Jalen Hurts going to put together a good game. I think they're going to bounce back. And my boy Cam Jerg, man, my boy Cam <laughs> Jerg. And I've never met Jack Stoll, but I've heard great things about him. Mm -hmm. um, there's a few Huskers playing in that. Levante David as well. So Yeah, you yeah. know, that's probably going to have the most Huskers in it. Yeah, I forgot to look that up, but that's probably the game to watch if you want to watch some Husker man. alumni. Man. But shout out to, obviously, all those Husker alumni out there as they'll have an opportunity to play in the NFL playoffs. I might roll with the Buccaneers just because I know Jalen Hurts, his fingers hurting a little bit. That, mm. That's not going to help him out. And they've just been really struggling down the stretch. So I think I'll think I'll pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Roll with Baker Mania one more time because I think if uh, he flames out and they get absolutely blown out of the water, I don't think Baker Mayfield will be starting the next year. But nonetheless, <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for What's Brewing with Chance of Brewington. Harrison Arns on the ones and twos, the host, as always, Chance of Brewington to my left. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. <laughs>